The scripture reading this morning will be from Psalm 23. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I heard a story about a group of tourists who were in the Holy Land uh, being guided by a local. And during their trip, they saw numerous shepherds leading their sheep. And the the tour guide decided to give them an education in shepherding as opposed to cattle ranching, which we experience here in North America. And he pointed out that a shepherd always walks in front of his sheep. Whereas a cowboy drives his cattle from the rear. And just as he was going through that explanation, those tourists laughed because they noticed a man holding a big stick, shouting at a bunch of sheep from behind them and slamming the ground with the stick, driving them forward. And they said, well, if If shepherds always walk in front of their sheep to lead them, then what is that guy doing? And the tour guide said, well, that's not a shepherd. That's the butcher. (laughs) You know, we come to Psalm 23, and we never really think about the opening lines being a name of God. But the first verse, which says, the Lord is my shepherd, is giving us a name associated with Yahweh. It is Yahweh Rohai. And as you can guess, it means Yahweh, the shepherd. More specifically in this text, my shepherd. And what this name means That God cares about us. You see, the name or the word rohai comes from a Hebrew term that means to tend or to pasture or to feed or to graze. It's the idea of one who is taking care of the needs of another. Yahweh rohai. It reveals God's care for us. And notice again that first line of this great psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, don't misunderstand this psalm. It's not saying that Yahweh Rohai is going to meet all of your wants. What it is saying is that you will not want for anything because Yahweh Rohai will take care of your needs. Some translations have broken from the traditional rendering of this verse. 
Instead of using the I shall not want terminology with which we have become so familiar, the CSB uses the phrase, I have what I need. The NIV says, I lack nothing. And even the updated New American Standard Version says, I will not be in need. This verse is communicating the very same thing Jesus declared in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 32 and 33, when after talking about God's provisions for the birds and for the flowers, and then instructing his disciples to not worry about food, water, or clothing, he said, your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. So seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. In Psalm chapter 23 and verse 1, when it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, it's communicating the same thing that Paul was saying at the end of Philippians. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19, when after talking about contentment and how he had learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need, he declared, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. All throughout the Bible, we're being told about this God who cares about our needs. He is Yahweh Rohai, the Lord who is our shepherd. But you know, there's an implication inherent within this name. If God is the shepherd, then what does that mean we are? We're the sheep. And what I want to do this morning is focus on that identification of us as sheep. Yes, I know we're engaged in a series about the names of God, so shouldn't we stick with the name? Well, understanding who we are in the context of this name helps us understand who God is. You see, sheep, sheep need shepherds. Sheep benefit from the presence of shepherds. And this morning, what we want to do is focus in on this metaphor so that we can appreciate God more. So why do sheep need shepherds? Well, the first reason is because sheep are dependent creatures. Now, don't get me wrong. A sheep out on its own can survive. It can find water to drink. It can find grass to graze upon. But once a sheep enters into the relationship with a shepherd, wherein the shepherd is is guiding it to pasture and guiding it to uh, water sources and guiding it to places of rest, the sheep becomes very dependent. And with that understanding of the domesticated dependence with which sheep, that sheep develop over time, With that understanding, consider again what David says in Psalm chapter 23, verses 2 and 3. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. I think it's important to notice that David uses the personal pronouns me and my consistently throughout Psalm 23. It's kind of his way of letting us know that God is a personal shepherd. Yes, God is the shepherd for an entire flock, but he's also the shepherd just for you. God knows you. 
personally, individually, intimately. When Jesus identified himself as the good shepherd in John chapter 10 and verse 14, he said, I am the good shepherd. I know my own. I know my sheep. God knows you so well. He knows exactly what you need at all times. And I think that's why it's significant. When you look at Psalm 23 and you see it say, He makes me lie down in green pastures. As most of you know, we have a three-year-old at home. Or she'll turn three on Wednesday. And she still needs naps. But do three-year-olds like to take naps? No! When it's nap time in the Rye household, you can bet one of three things are going to happen. Screaming. A stall tactic involving, hey, I need something to eat first. Or outright rebellion. And you know what? Sometimes we deal with God in, like a three-year-old. When God is trying to push us in a direction, God is trying, I shouldn't say push, I should say lead us in a direction. When God is trying to manifest something in our lives, oftentimes if we don't like the direction it's going, we respond, maybe not with audible screaming, but with irritated screaming of some fashion. We might employ stall tactics, and most of all, we might rebel. But our shepherd makes us lie down. Why? Because he knows, like a good father or a good mother, knows that when a child, when a toddler is tired, when they're rubbing their eyes, when they're getting uh, uh, irritable easily, you, you know they need that nap. You know you have to put them down or else they won't be able to enjoy the rest of the day. You know you have to make them lie down. God knows we need certain things. God knows what we need even if we don't know that we need that. Jesus would say in Matthew chapter 6 in the context of uh, of those provisions that God is going to provide. He says, your father knows what you need before you ask. God already knows what you need. We must be willing to surrender to the guidance that he gives in that regard. God knows what's best for you. But do you believe that? More importantly, Will you act on that? Sometimes it may be that God has you do something that you don't want to do because he knows the outcome it will produce in you. Sometimes God might lead you through an experience that you don't want to go through. But your character needs that to develop the way he wants God knows what's best and will provide it because he cares for you. The question we must ask ourselves is, do I trust God to provide what's best?
See, sheep are dependent. They need that shepherd to lead them to water, to lead them to pasture, and to lead them to a safe place to rest once they've come to know the past, once they've come to know the shepherd. Are you dependent on the only one who is truly independent? The only one who has no outside force act upon him? Are you dependent on the one who knows best? Because that's the, that's the relationship God our Father, more importantly, God our Shepherd, wants to have with us. But that's not the only thing you need to know about sheep today. Another thing you need to know about sheep today, especially considering the fact that the shepherd-sheep relationship is a metaphor for our relationship with God, you need to know that sheep are dumb. Now, don't think I'm being insensitive here. I'm not trying to be mean. I've got evidence to support this conclusion. Back in 2005, the Associated Press reported that 450 sheep died in Turkey after jumping off of a cliff. Here's what happened. There was a 1,500-member flock that was graving on some mountainous terrain when one sheep, just one sheep, decided it wanted to try and leap over a 15-foot chasm to another grazing area. But he didn't make it. He fell to his death. And in their ignorance, the rest of the flock decided they wanted to try and do it too. And so in the end, 450 sheep died at the bottom of a chasm because they followed the one who didn't make it. The rest of the flock, the rest of that 1,500-member flock survived because the pile at the bottom was so cushiony. I'm not making this stuff up. It's on Fox News, so you know it's accurate. <laughs> Sheep are not intelligent creatures. They have a, a propensity for getting lost and wandering into dangerous situations. In fact, when you read about sheep in the Bible, guess what? They're always getting in trouble. Think about the parable of the lost sheep in Luke 15. Or the passage in Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 6, which says, All we like sheep have gone astray. Or the multiple references to the Israelites as the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Throughout the Bible, even sheep are dumb. They're always getting lost. They're always getting separated. They're always in need of help. And because sheep are so directionally challenged, they need a shepherd to watch over them and keep them from getting into those dangerous situations. And so consider what David said in Psalm 23, the second half of that verse. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. In other words, God cares so much for his sheep that he wants to guide them in the right way. He wants to lead them in the safest route. He wants to escort them through this life so they don't have to experience all the pitfalls and wrong turns and dead ends and dangers that we often encounter because of our dumb decisions. Do you remember what God did for the Israelites when they initially left Egypt? You can read about it in Exodus chapter 13, verse 17 and 18, 
When, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. What that text is telling us is that God sent his people on a detour. He took them on the scenic route from Egypt to the promised land. He didn't take them on the shortcut. He led them around the long distance way. Why? Because he cared about them. Because he knew the tremendous toil they had gone through in Egypt. That physically and emotionally, they weren't ready for another battle. They weren't ready to go to war. And so he's going to spend some time with them, letting them recuperate, letting them learn to trust in him again, letting them ready themselves. And when the day came, then they could go to battle. He is so aware of their needs and so conscious of the fact that a war too soon would cause them to want to return back to Egypt, that he's going to take them on a long trip. And Jesus would declare that he is the good shepherd in John chapter 10, as we've already alluded to. And in the midst of that declaration, he says, My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. See, that's the role of the sheep, to follow. It's the job of the shepherd to lead. It's the job of the sheep to follow. How good of a follower are you? Now, let's do a quick survey. Raise your hand if you regularly use GPS while traveling. Raise your hand. Okay. Have you ever used GPS while traveling? Raise your hand. I think that would be most of us. I still remember the days, my younger days, when we'd have to break out the atlas or the road map. And you better hope you have an updated edition or else you might find yourself on a road that doesn't exist anymore. I still remember the days when you get directions from a friend on how to get to their house where they say, oh, it's the next left after the big tree. And then you're trying to figure out which tree they're talking about. But isn't GPS quite possibly the greatest invention of the past 50 years? I mean, you could argue the computer is. You could, you could argue many things are. You could argue that the Chick-fil-A restaurant is. But we're not going down that road. Let's just stick with GPS for a moment. Because you can make a wrong turn. And what does the GPS do? Recalculating. It is always considering where you're at and pointing you on where you need to go based on where you're at. I can make a lot of wrong turns. And I can still get where I need to go. Because that system is constantly recalibrating to get me to my destination. That's what God is trying to do as your shepherd. No matter where you are in life, no matter what phase of life you're in, no matter what decision you just made, no matter what's going on day to day, he is always wanting to get you home. And he's always willing to welcome you home. No matter where you are, he knows the way home. 
All you have to do is follow his lead. And the question you have to ask yourself today is, am I following God? Every one of us should ask that question, am I following God? Or am I trying to lead myself? Am I trying to decide the directions on my own? Am I ignoring the GPS spiritual system that God provides? Am I trying to do this myself? Because if you try to do it yourself, you're always going to get lost. But if you follow his directions, you'll always get home. The Lord is my shepherd. We are his sheep. And that means he's in the lead and we're here to follow. In addition to sheep being dependent and dumb, they're also defenseless. Think about it for a moment. Sheep don't have fangs like a predator. They don't have claws like big cats. They don't have protective exteriors like porcupines and turtles. They don't have, have tusks like elephants or horns like a bull. They don't have tremendous agility and speed like a gazelle or the strength like a bear. They don't emit poison from their skin like certain amphibians. They don't have any sort of defense mechanism. Their primary defense strategy is to be in the herd. Safety in numbers. But that doesn't stop a motivated predator, does it? See, the best protection a sheep has is the shepherd. As one preacher said, a sheep's survival depends on its proximity to the shepherd. And yet here in Psalm 23, David emphasizes that protective quality of the shepherd. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. That valley analogy is very interesting. Considering the terrain in which sheep would normally be uh, kept or pastured in the promised land. It's a very hilly terrain. There would be valleys in which you'd have great grazing, but you would have hills on either side of the valley. And as the sun set in the afternoon or evening, it would disappear behind hilltops, casting shadows into that valley. And it's my understanding that sheep would get easily scared in those moments, thinking that nighttime had already arrived had already arrived, that time when the wolves and the coyotes or whatever other predators were out there would be on the prowl. And so the shepherd would have to keep them calm when that shadow got cast and have to lead them through that valley to their destination while they are skittish and anxious. And the whole idea, the whole concept that seems to be at play in David's words here is that you never have to be afraid when you're with the shepherd. The shepherd has his rod and his staff. That rod is there to fend off the predators. That staff with its crooked head is there to rescue the sheep from a thicket or from, from a bog or from a pit. The shepherd is there to offer his protection for these creatures. And so Jesus... In John chapter 10, verse 11 through 13, 
addresses that idea of protection. When he says, I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not, know, does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. What is Jesus trying to say? He's trying to say, I care so much about you that I'll die for you. He's willing to go so far as to sacrifice himself in order to protect his sheep. And that sacrifice protects his sheep from their last enemy, to use the words of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 26, which is death. I want you to consider for a moment this morning what it is that is your source of fulfillment in life. Is it a person, a place, a substance or an activity or an ideology? What is it that gives your life ultimate fulfillment? What is it that you prioritize above everything else? And would it die for you? Would that which you place the greatest emphasis in your life on, that which has top billing in your calendar and top expense in your budget, that which is the most important thing in your day-to-day activity, would it die for you? Could it even die for you? Because the good shepherd will and has. Because he cares that much about you. You see, the question we need to really consider this morning is, am I protected? Because the only true protection comes from the good shepherd. As one author said, you're better off with God in a bad place than you are without him in what you think is a good place. Because the good shepherd has laid down his life for you. One final thing you do need to know about sheep, and that is that sheep are dirty. Sheep are not the cleanest of animals. They, unlike most mammals, don't have an ability to clean themselves. When they want to rest, they lay down on the ground, and that means their wool gets covered in dirt and mud and all other types of things. But they need an outside source to clean them. They don't lick themselves like cats or dogs. They don't groom one another like apes. They don't wallow like squirrels. They don't spray themselves like elephants. They don't bathe like birds. And on and on you can go with comparisons. They don't have a self-cleaning strategy. They need an outside source, whether it's a rain shower or walking into a stream of water or a shepherd that can bathe them. They are dirty creatures And the only way they can get clean is through an outside source. And so one of the responsibilities of a shepherd was to keep his sheep clean. That wool needed to stay as clean as it could. And so in Psalm chapter 23 and verse 6, it's worth noting that David said, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now I know you might be thinking, when you look at the ending of this psalm, it doesn't make any mention of it cleaning. 
It doesn't make any mention of a dirty animal needing itself bathed. But what stands out to me in the last verse of Psalm 23? I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I know a great many of you have pets. When your dog wanders outside and gets in the mud and then tries to come back inside the house, do you welcome him with open arms? Or do you want to bathe him first? Typically, we don't want filthy animals in our clean home. And I believe the same is true with God. We as sheep are dirty because of our sins, and as a result, we are not allowed in God's presence. But God cares so much for us that he would not leave us outside of his dwelling. And so he decided to provide a means for our cleansing. And the good shepherd who we've already read is willing to lay down his life for the sheep. He provides that means of cleaning because we're told in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7 that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. And so all we have to do is rise and be baptized in order to wash away our sins, just as Paul was instructed to do in Acts chapter 22 and verse 16. So the last question you really need to ask yourself today is, am I clean? Am I washed in the blood of Jesus? Are my sins taken away? Because the good shepherd has provided such cleaning. And as we close out, I want to make one final observation about Psalm chapter 23. It's the fact that that David uses the present tense in this psalm. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. Not the Lord was my shepherd or the Lord will be my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. That's important because it implies that God, who is our loving shepherd, who cares about us, is active and is present today. And that means he's already met your needs. That means he's ready to lead you home right now. That means he's ready to protect you from danger. And that means he's ready to clean you up. And so as we gather here this day to study this name of God and to consider what it means for God to be our shepherd and for us to be his sheep, the invitation is extended. And if you need to respond in any way, we invite you to come while together we stand and sing.